What's up? What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing tonight? Woo! Y'all a little bit better. Okay. All right. How about this side? Y'all okay? All right. I got a better question for you. Who's ready for youth camp? Oh, now that's what I'm talking about. Who's ready for youth camp? Are you, are you signed up is all I need to know. Are you signed up? Raise your hand if you signed up. All right. We're signed up. Get signed up. Get signed up. Quick, 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 quick. All right. Cool. I'm excited. So youth camp is July, right? 14th through the 18th. Again, if you haven't signed up. But listen, um, why are we telling you about youth camp? Why is she going over everything now? It's June. Guess what? We don't have another service until then. We've got small group in the week next week, which we're going to do a fellowship night. So we want to make sure you realize it's that far away and prepare and, and get ready, right? So uh, teams are going to be awesome. We've got some awesome games planned out this year and just a lot of great activities. Um, so with that said, who's ready for the word? Anybody ready to hear the Lord's word tonight? Who brought your book to write something in? Ooh, man, called them out. All right, all right. Get your book, write some stuff. So we've been talking about foundations. And, um, you know, with this being the last service, I knew I had to kind of conclude this series, and it's been... Uh, it's been great. How many like Justin Anthony preaching the other night, man? Was that was that good? Anybody get any, take any notes from that? That's good stuff. I was listening to some of that, and uh, you know, Holy Spirit, get up inside of us, right? Go, Justin Anthony, you the man. So tonight, I want to start off with Psalms one one through six. Um, it says, "Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with the mockers." But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Let's go back. You're too quick tonight. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never, never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff, which chaff, anybody a farmer in here? Do I have any farmers? Anybody know what chaff is? You know what it is? Stand up and tell everybody. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Look, it's like that corn. You know that dry, how the little, little flakes and it flakes off? That's what chaff is. It just blows away. It's, it's like junk. It's just trash. So they're like the chaff, the worthless chaff that the scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Go back to the, the, the first verse. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers. But they delight, and stop right here, in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. During this season, we've been talking about God's seed. And everybody remember Luke 8, and we went over the seed and the four different grounds. Do you remember the four different grounds? What's the four different grounds? Let's start off with the first one. Somebody yell it out real quick. Oh, somebody said thorny. That is one. We'll, we'll go with that one. Footpath. All right, thorny footpath, what else? Stony. What else? 
Like that, there you go, good soil, right? So the seed that fell on the footpath represents what? Those who've been not broken up the ground in their life. They're not saved, we talked about. Those guys, you know, they hear the word, but they're not, they're not letting it in, right? They're not letting God's seed be planted in their heart yet. The seeds that fell on the rocky ground represents those who fall away because of temptation. The seeds that fell on the thorny ground represents those who let the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life Choke out the seed that God has planted. And then the good ground is the one that represents good soil where God's seed takes root and produces a bountiful harvest. Y'all remember I said that God's uh, seed and the devil's weeds are competing for ground in your life. Y'all remember that message? Okay, all right. I'm just trying to make sure y'all, y'all, y'all getting this in your, in your spirit here. So if you let the devil's weeds grow up with God's seed, not going to be good, right? We want to pluck out the weeds that are keeping us from growing in the Lord. And we talked about that. And then Brother Justin Anthony spoke about the fruits of the Spirit and producing those fruits in our life. And if we let God's Word get planted deep inside of us, what should come forth? And the fruit is going to look like something, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, all that good stuff, right? Those, those fruits of the Spirit. Tonight, as we end the series, I hope that your hearts are open and ready for what God is saying to us in this season, but then in the next season, if you're going to youth camp, which I highly recommend that you do, I hadn't said that enough tonight, youth camp to me was always, you can change that, that's fine, youth camp to me was always a time where God spoke to me in a deeper way. And things shifted in my life. And as we get closer and closer, we're about a month away now. And I can't help but reminisce as I was your age and going through that and hearing the speakers and hearing that. But the time I got to spend with the Lord and in His presence was so meaningful and impactful for me. It was a foundation for my life. It was a foundation that I got to spend time in. And, and youth camp shouldn't be the only time we spend time with the Lord, Carlos, right? We ought to spend time with the Lord on a daily basis. We ought to, we ought to get in his presence. I love, I love, I love your presence. Y'all have heard that song? Y'all ever, anybody heard that song? I think Sarah sang, I love, I love, I love your presence. Some of y'all are shaking your heads. It's a beautiful song. But it's, it, it's, it's been ministering to me this week that God just got through that song. And, and I've been thinking about that. And the presence of the Lord gets so thick. But we don't have to wait till youth camp to be in the presence of the Lord. We can be in that every day. Wait a minute now, Brother Justin. We ain't got all that you know, camp, all that good music and all that good stuff. Now, no, we do. We don't look at it like that. We don't engage like that because we put away the distractions there. We've got in together with believers and we put our mind upon it. We set our heart to it. But often we come to you service and I'm guilty. We come to a Sunday morning service and maybe they don't play just the right song. Maybe it didn't move you like it moved you before. Maybe that scripture you've heard a thousand times and you don't hear the word of God. And I know I've preached about that already, but I feel like I need to say it again. We don't do anything with the seed God is throwing and sowing in our life. 
We are not letting it grow and getting deep and taking root and producing a fruit. Because if we were, things would be different. We wouldn't be in this circle that we keep finding ourselves in. So I want to talk from that kind of subject tonight. And as we lead up to camp, I ask you to do one thing. I ask you to do this. I ask you to pray. Prayer breaks up the ground of your heart. And if you think, oh, I'm good, I'm great, I'm excited for camp, but you know, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I, I know the Lord's going to speak to me. If you think that, we're already, we're already messing up right there. Because each and every one of us, including the leaders, ought to be preparing our heart for what God is going to speak in that season. Now, we've got time between there that God's going to speak to us. And I challenge you tonight, are you listening to what his word is saying? Are you really listening for the word that he's speaking and sowing into your life? Are you meditating on it day and night? Are you like that tree planted by the riverbank that in its season is going to produce fruit? Come on. It's one of my favorite scriptures in all. Pastor Kevin began to talk about it Sunday, and it was like, wow, man, that's good. I had to write it down. That's what God does to us. He speaks stuff to us, and he speaks it in that season, and he shows us what we need to do in that situation. So God is speaking, and I pray that you would listen tonight and that you would begin to create good habits in what I'm going to be talking about. Tonight, I want you to think about prayer. Praying more because we all need prayer. And as it breaks up the ground in our life as we prepare for youth camp, pray. Get along with God. Talk to God about what's going on in your heart. And talk about, some of you are seniors going to camp, talk about God's, His, His future and His will for your life. As you move on from youth and you go to chosen, what is God calling you to do? You don't have to be a senior to, to, to pray that, by the way. I'm just encouraging the seniors to do that. But I think we often just go through the motions. We've graduated. We've gotten through school. We're getting through this whole season of our life. And here we are. Now, what do we do? We've got to know what direction God wants us to go in our life. So how do we do that? That's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about some things. We don't have to have the right song or even the right moment to hear his voice. God is speaking and the problem is we aren't listening. So Luke 8, as we've been talking about this, verse number 11. This is the only scripture from Luke 8 I'm going to show you tonight. The whole parable about the four grounds is this. The parable, it, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word and it continues and it explains all the grounds. But this is what I want you to catch. The seed is God's word. You know what the four grounds are? You know that God is throwing his word now. That's what the seed is. His word is going forth in your life. And your heart is the ground. Now what ground are you? Think about that. What ground am I? And maybe you've in this season evaluated your heart and you've changed some things. And you're growing. And that's what, that's, what, that's what I was hoping and praying in this season is that we would grow and we would get better. But what you need to realize is that the seed is God's word. God's word is going to continue to be planted in your life. 
God's seed is going to continue to be thrown until the day he comes and brings us home. His word is going to go forth in your life. When Pastor Kevin preaches, when Pastor Josh preaches, when anybody at youth camp gets up and speaks, God's word is going forth. But let me challenge you is this. When you read your Bible, I'm not going to ask you, but are you reading your Bible every day, meditating on it day and night, as the psalmist said in Psalm 1, when we meditate on it, and we keep our mind upon it, God's word is speaking to us and seed is being thrown. And the fruit that he wants you to bear is what's going to be thrown in there. Now, whether or not you let it grow is going to be the issue. If you're the thorny ground and you're letting the cares choke it out, I heard Brother L.J. Scuderi said something so powerful the other morning. He said, let me look at your phone, son. He was talking to one of his kids. He's looking up there. He is. Let me look at your phone, son. Because what you've been searching on the internet, I'm picking on you, I'm sorry, buddy. What you've been searching on the internet, that's what's in your heart. Now, where, the, where, your, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. We've seen that verse time and time again. But think about that. Brother LG had a, had a moment there, and I was like, man, i got to say that Wednesday night. God's word ought to be the treasure in our heart. We ought to treasure that up. And if we're putting things ahead of God's word and his voice speaking to our life, we are letting an idol get in our way. Maybe it's not your phone. Maybe it's a game. Maybe it's calling a friend. Maybe you got something on your mind all the time that you can't stop, and you can't meditate on the Lord's direction for your life. Now, I'm going to tell you, as a teenager, I grew up a little differently. We read King James Version. I'm going to tell you, who's read the King James Version? Anybody looked at the King James Version before? Wow, I'm impressed. Can you understand the King James Version of the Bible? It's and my point is it's hard, right? I grew up quoting that stuff. And did I know it? I realized when I got older, I didn't know it as well as I thought I knew it. And I'm not advocating for any, any type of, of uh, translation of the Bible, okay? Pastor Kevin uses New King James. And there's, there's some versions that are questionable. I'm not getting into that tonight. But what I'm trying to tell you, you need to find a version that you can, you can read and understand. And begin to compare them. And as you grow, God's going to show you things. Don't rely on just, just one. I look at a couple when I'm preparing for a sermon. I like to use the NLT because it speaks to the masses and it has common language that we use today. But if you, you read in King James, the these and the thous, they're going to get all caught up and you're going to get caught up. And, and you're going to get hung up like, what's that mean? I don't know what desolation means. You know, you can get caught up in these big words, and that's not what God is trying to speak to you. He's trying to speak life into you and show you and reveal. Now, here's the thing. you got to be want, you got to want it. Write this down. I must seek the Lord's voice in my life. I need to listen for God's voice, however you want to write that. I want to listen for God's voice. Look over at your neighbor. If your neighbor doesn't have a pen and piece of paper, say, I'll give you the notes to this later. Go ahead. Say that real quick. Go ahead. Come on, we ain't got nobody over here. Look, Brock, listen. Get all their numbers. You send your notes to them. I'm telling you guys, the only way you're going to grow is if you get serious about, about God's word. You understand what I'm saying? You Listen. We walk, and I'm convicted at this, we walk out of Sunday morning and we don't even remember what God's word is the next day. 
the next day and we want to go and we want to pray about something God's doing in life and God spoke the answer yesterday about the thing you need to be doing today but you wasn't listening and you can't look at your book right here let me have this you can't look at your notes and reference back of what God was trying to say you know what if God is saying something I better write it down maybe you're not a good note taker I, I got that excuse too but listen, God can help you with that, okay? Trust me. He's helped me. I'm not the best, but I take my little notes and I make little stars. What I'm trying to challenge you with is God is speaking. When you open up your Bible and you read, I'm trying to get practical, okay? When you open up your Bible and read, and you read those scriptures, and you're on a reading plan, and you're hearing the stories, ask God, God, what are you saying in this moment? What are you trying to tell me today? What do I need to be prepared for? How do I fight this battle? How do I engage this person? I need to get in my word and stay there and hear God's voice. So here's the big question for tonight. What are you doing with God's word? What are you doing with God's word? We just saw in, in Luke chapter number 8, verse 11, the parable meaning is the seed is God's word. What are you doing with the seed? Let me tell you something. If that was a $100 bill, you'd probably want to take it, right? Now, if I handed you a little seed right here, you'd probably then be like, well, what do you want me to do with this? Because you're not a farmer. It's not valuable to you. Right, Logan? Amen. You got it. What we value, we're going to take and we're going to consume. Does that make sense? Come on, somebody over here, just nod your head just real big like this. Okay. What we value. But see, we value so much other stuff. When God hands us the seed, we don't take it. We don't consume it. We don't let it implant in our life and we don't let it grow. Why? Why? We're not valuing, valuing the seed. It's not important to us. He has graciously given us the Holy Bible. It's God's instruction manual for living life His way. I, w I wanted to throw this in here for some of, some of the youth leaders. Y'all ever heard that song? Write B-I-B-L-E down on your paper if you're writing notes. I'm going to help you with your notes tonight. B-I-B-L-E. Basic. I should have had a slide for this. Basic. And then on the I, instructions. Y'all remember this? I see some of y'all. Before leaving earth. Wow. I don't know who came up with that, but that was great. It helped me like as a teenager. The Bible is the basic instructions before leaving earth. I think it was a song. What, anybody in here remember that? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Okay. Write it down. Know it. Why am I telling you this stuff? You need to get it in your head that the Bible is the most important book you can ever read. Let me tell you something. God is speaking through his word. You want to hear from God? You open your Bible and you read. He is speaking. Just like he spoke in the beginning, God created. And all of this was here. Without form or void, boom, he filled it up. God can do the same thing when you open your Bible. The problem is we don't engage it enough. 
we don't get in it enough. We don't study to show thyself approved a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We don't engage in the Bible. It's a love letter to man. It's a love letter to man. He wants to, to tell us he loves us. How does he tell us he loves us? He wrote a big old long story about it. Over 40 different authors all inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this stuff. And some people say, well, it's got errors in it. It's not all right. I'm going to teach you a word tonight. Write this down. Put it up there for me. Infallible. The Bible is the infallible word of God. Infallible means it's incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. There's no way it's wrong because God wrote it. Well, wait a minute. God wrote it through men, and he told them what to say. It's the infallible word of God. It has no mistakes, can never have a mistake. It's incapable of having mistakes. So when somebody tries to challenge you and say that it's wrong, you need to have it deep down inside of you that it is right. You need to believe that as a Christian. That's what we believe. There's no error in the Bible. It's not even capable of making error because God spoke it. That's what we believe. Many people believe that there are mistakes in the Bible, and I'm here to tell you that it's incapable of making mistakes. God wouldn't allow his word to have mistakes in it. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 says this, you have been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Some of you, I realize, in here have probably been in here since you were in the nest, kid connection. I'm getting old. I've been here, what, eight years? We had eight years now? Eight years, is that right? Seven? Somewhere up in there? Here. I've been in church my whole life. I got saved when I was seven years old. I've been here in the Holy Scriptures since childhood. And they have given me wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. The Holy Scriptures. Think about it. He's teaching us. This is where we learn this stuff. If we didn't have it, how would we know that our Father wrote this book for us? He left this as a love letter to us. I sent my son to die for you because you were in sin, and you don't even know what that is, but you were born into sin, you were shaping into iniquity, and Jesus came to save you from that sin. The Bible is full of that story about Jesus coming to rescue us from our sin. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Somebody say, go back. Somebody say, it teaches us to do what is right. Here's the thing. God teaches us through his scripture what right and what wrong looks like. The problem is most of us don't want to know. Our human nature doesn't want to know what's right. That's why we got to kill it. <laughs> That's why we got to die to ourselves and put on the new man that Christ has given us, a new creation where we desire to know what is right. 
But if we're not reading our Bible, how are we ever going to know the difference between right and wrong? Pastor Kevin got up there and preached Sunday morning about a subject. We're not even going to dive into it tonight, but it's very, very heavy, but it's very, very prevalent in the church today. It's sin. And he named several other sins. And the Bible teaches us what sin is and how the devil is trying to put his seed in our life so that it grows and it overtakes and that we don't make it to heaven because of that seed. Where am I at? Okay. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true. Somebody say what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare. Somebody say prepare. Write that down. Prepare. God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do what? Every good work. Every good work. See, here's the thing I want you to catch tonight. You were created to glorify God. That's your purpose. That's your mission in life. You were created to glorify God. Go back to that scripture, please. God uses the Holy Scripture to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. When we do good works, we are glorifying our Father who is in heaven. We are now becoming a witness to what he's done in our life. Works does not create salvation. It's only by the grace of God that we are saved through Christ Jesus. You've heard these scriptures, but I'm reiterating this. It's not about, hey, what I got to do. It's what I do because of him. Does that make sense? Guys, as a teenager, I, I, here, here's my goal. I, I want you to know this stuff and rattle this stuff off. Because you need to know who you're living for. So many teenagers walk out these doors and they don't know who they're living for. And they find themselves out of God's, of God's hand, walking down a dark road they don't need to be on because they didn't get in the scriptures and they didn't know the word of God. That's the whole reason we're going through this series and have been to plant this seed in your heart that God's word is speaking life to you. And it is life, life, life. Life, anything else is death. You've got to walk down the road to life. <clears throat> Isaiah 40 and 8 says this about the Bible. The grass withers and the flower, it fades, but the word of God stands forever. Next scripture. Your word, this is Psalms 119, 105. Your word, write this one down. I'm going to talk about this one. Write it down. Go ahead. Your word is a lamp to, to guide my feet and a light unto my path. Now think about a lamp. Who's has, who has a lamp in their house? Real quick. Real quick. You guys seen a lamp? Does a lamp put off the light like a flashlight has? Huh? Here's where people get messed up, okay? The Bible, his word, is a lamp. Here's the thing, Caleb. A lamp's going to get a little area lit up for us, okay? Can you, can you visualize it? I know it's light up in here and you can see everything. But imagine a lamp right here. If I had a lamp, I'm not going to see in that back corner over there because I got a lamp. It's a lamp 
unto my feet. So he's with me every step of the way. Because he don't want me to get too far ahead of myself. He wants me to stay right there with him. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. you got to think of it like that. That's what the psalmist is trying to reiterate here. It's simple. Psalms 119.11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against you. What you going to do one day, maybe in your lifetime, because it's promised in the scriptures that we would be persecuted for his name's sake if you're a Christian. Now in America, we haven't experienced a whole lot of that. In other countries, they've experienced this. In the Bible days, they've experienced this. But, the, but Jesus promises, promises that to us, that if you live for me, you'll be persecuted. It may not be right now, and you may not see that evidence of it, but you need to see the reality of this. You need to know that if I hide the word in my heart, even if they take my Bible away, I'm going to have it down inside me, and I'm going to know what Jesus told me. you got to think like that. Oh, that's crazy, brother Justin. What you talking about? Somebody gonna take my Bible? This is this is America. America may not always have the luxury of freedom. Why are you telling me this? You trying to scare me? No, I'm telling you reality. We get caught up in our grand lives. By the way, we we have grand lives. By the way, if you if you anybody went to Guatemala, anybody in here that went to Guatemala. I don't have anybody. You went, you went, you saw some stuff there, didn't you? Have you ever been out of seas, overseas before? Was that the first time? How does it feel? Amazing. Very different. I want to talk about this tonight. In different countries where they don't have the things we have, and Sky can probably tell you this in, in her experiences. <clears throat> in different countries, they don't have the luxuries and the things that we have, and so they're probably more grateful for the things God does for them than we are. Why do you think God does miracles overseas? Reinhard Bonnke said this. He's a, he's a great evangelist. That's who Reinhard Bonnke is. He said this. It's about the soil. The soil. Now think about what I'm talking about in this series. The soil of our hearts. We're so hard. We're so secure in what we've got. We're not desiring the word like those people are in Guatemala and other places that don't have the things that we have. So I challenge you tonight, don't think on this scale because we're America and we're free that we're always going to be that way. We have to consume the whole Bible. It's the Word of God implanted in our heart. Let it be hidden deep down on the inside of us. Treasure it. Let it be something you treasure day and night. I want to read some verses from Proverbs to you. Proverbs was written by Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, okay? Wisest man that ever lived. Solomon was David's son. And these are the Proverbs of Solomon. Go back. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. It's a part of the Bible. God put it in here for a reason to give us wisdom that we need to take home with us tonight. To help them understand the insights of the wise. Keep going. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right just and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledgeable, and discernment to the young. Anybody young in here? I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand. Y'all, y'all back there, y'all ain't young? Y'all young? 
I want discernment. I'm young. I want discernment because I'm not a know-it-all. And when you get old, hopefully you don't get that way because God ain't going to bless that, okay? Discernment of the young. Keep going. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. And one more. Fear of the Lord, somebody say, is what? Is the foundation of of true knowledge. You want knowledge? You want to live a successful life? The Bible's telling you right now through Solomon's Proverbs. You ready? It says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. You want true knowledge? You want to know the truth? You want knowledge? You want to be wise? You want to do, have a successful life? Fear of the Lord. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Every time someone preaches or speaks about the word, a lot of time we feel conviction. You go back to that scripture. I'm wearing them out tonight. We get convicted about that scripture because God's working, trying to work something in us, right? And we despise the wisdom and the discipline. But the Bible says we're fools if we do that. Your mom or your dad says something to you in correction and gets a little bit of discipline in your life and they're speaking God's word into you, you despise it. You get mad at it. That's a fool is what the word says. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. God wants to implant his seed into the hearts that is good ground. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 4, 12. says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Anybody have a sword collection? Okay, I want to see if I was the only weird one in here. Okay, there's a couple people. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Anybody, anybody ever had a knife collection, sword collection? Okay. Oh, well, some girls. Y'all like Okay. That's awesome. I like swords too. Don't go hurt nobody though, okay? It's nice to look at. The Bible... The Bible is this. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, okay? Cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Whew. Man. It's cutting us. Separating our thoughts and our desires so he can know what's going on down inside of us powerful. God wants to implant his word into our heart that is good ground. Oh, that we would be a generation, I'm going to go back to Psalms 1, that would delight in the law of the Lord. How awesome would it be if every person in this room tonight, you would live a life that you delight in the law of the Lord. It makes you happy to read the word of God. You know, sometimes I've got to check myself to make sure I'm not getting complacent with my reading time with the Lord. I'm just being honest. It's hard to be consistent. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it and that we, we shouldn't be disciplined in that. And every time a scripture comes to mind, we ought to say, that's God speaking to me. 
Every time we open up the Word of God, that's God speaking to me. Every time Pastor Kevin, Pastor Josh, anybody brings up a scripture, that's God speaking to me. Don't raise your hand, but I want to ask this question tonight. How many can really say, I read my Bible every day? Don't raise your hand. Just think about that. I read my Bible every day. Every day. You know, that ought to convict us if, if that's not something you do. Well, maybe you read it and you just breeze through it because it's become another check the box thing for you. I got that done today. It's my good service to the Lord. You know, I read my Bible because it's somehow helping Him and makes me look good and whatever. No, it was meant to teach you and to correct you and guide you. See, the Bible is a compass, and it directs our life. It tells us which way to go. Too often, we think we're doing something and we're just checking the box, and God is not pleased with the activity because there's no communication. See, you ask and you pray for things, and then he's telling you through his word, and then you miss the whole thing he just told you. Maybe you say, I've got that down pat. How many meditate on scriptures throughout the day? Don't raise your hand. Do you meditate on the holy scriptures throughout the day? Can you pull up Psalms real quick? Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around the sinners or join in with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Deuteronomy 11 and 18 says this, So commit yourself wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them uh, on your forehead as reminders. He's talking about the word here. He's talking about the law that was just given. Keep going. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you, go on, when you get out of bed and when, you're gonna, when you go to bed and when you get up. How many are doing that? You've tied them to yourself. You've tethered yourself to the Bible and, and Jesus and his word, and you're in love and you're delighting in it. And when you walk down the road and when you get in the car to go to school and when you get up in the morning, when you go down at night, you're talking about his word because that's what he's speaking to us. See, we want to pray for, oh, God, come down and speak to us and reveal yourself because I need you right now. And Maybe, maybe you've prayed that before. I don't know. He's speaking to you in the word. He's speaking to you in the Word. He's speaking to us. His seed is being planted and sown. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 2.15 says, it says, Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the Word of truth. Now, here's the thing. This is Paul telling Timothy, Work hard. And the King James always, our new King James, study to show that stuff, approve a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. From a young man, my youth pastor told me this scripture. And it's become one of the scriptures I use to teach interns and, and just other people, okay? Study to show yourself approved a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Work hard to present your body a living sacrifice. So you can receive his approval. How do you do that? You go in there and you rightly divide the word of truth. You get in your word. 
I've been convicted lately of this. Am I just checking the box? Am I going through the motions? Look, I don't care how much you, revelation you get, how much you understand the Bible and all the revelations God, and God may show you so much more than I know. And I hope He, I hope he puts that on you. I hope He shows you because I just want you to be... I want you to grow in him. But listen, if it becomes just a ritual to you and, a, and something you just do because it's it just, you know, it's check the box thing, what good is it doing in our life? See, it's that seed that the sower sowed and the ground ain't ready. Or maybe it's become rocky or maybe it's become thorny and it's not good soil that we've broken up and continue to break up to allow the moisture and the nurture to come and grow the fruits of the Spirit that He wants us to have. I can tell you, when you reveal something that's not a fruit of the Spirit, guess what? You need to go check your heart. You need to go get back in your Word and ask God, why am I acting like this to my family? Why don't I have the peace of God? Why don't I have and show the fruits I'm not saying we can't dip for a minute and, and, and you know, and, and have a moment where in our flesh, and I don't want you to, but it's, it's, it's our human nature. Till we have a glorified body, we're, we're, we're going to end up doing that. We're not perfect. I'm not asking for perfection. I'm asking that you would consider that look at the scriptures and let them penetrate your heart. Penetrate your heart. I'm going to read one last scripture. 2 Timothy 2.19, it says this, but God's truth stands firm. Somebody say this, but God's, tr- God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Now, if the Bible teaches us right from wrong, and we're not reading our Bible, and it it doesn't become a priority or a value in our life, how can we know what to turn away from? How can we look and say, you know what, God knows me because I'm I'm, I'm in his foundation, my seed's being planted in the right foundation, huh? The Lord knows those who are His. And all who belong to Him must turn away from evil. I want you to put that uh, just lights real low real quick. They're going to play Build My Life. Um, you know... I want everybody to just close their eyes. I'm going to do this a little bit different tonight. Turn it down just a little bit, Justin. Close your eyes. Here's the thing, guys. God is calling a generation that would not be like the other generations. And I'm not trying to talk about your dad and your mom or grandpa and all that. I'm not saying none of that. I'm saying 
that God is calling this generation, this generation right now, He's calling you. He's speaking right now to you. Whatever your name is, God is calling you to grow deeper in His Word. And I come to challenge you tonight that even I, even our youth leaders, I'm sure all of them will get up here and tell you the same thing. We all need to grow in reading our Bible. Not just reading it, but seeking after what the Lord is saying to us and meditating on it day and night and tying it about our neck and waking up and and going to bed and, and it be part of who we are. Scriptures. It's God's voice speaking to us. Now listen, I'm going to do this. Show of hands. Don't raise your hands if you don't really mean this. I just don't play with it, okay? This is just another sermon for you. I want sincere people. I want you to raise your hand to say, look, I want God to help me. Help me want and desire to read my word. I want to build my life upon his word. Go ahead and raise your hand if you want to, if you want prayer for that. Come on, all hands all over. Everybody who wants prayer for that, raise them high just so I can see. God, I need it too, Lord. Okay, you can put your hands down. I'm going to pray, and then this is what I want to do as well. I'm going to have everybody stand up after I pray. I'm going to ask some of the youth leaders to come up front. Because here's the thing. We can commit things to the Lord. We don't get confession right, too. We've been talking a lot about confession and getting our hearts and our ground right. This word, when you walk out of here, is not going to go deep down inside. And it's not going to take root. So if you've got something in your life, I want to give opportunity for you to get prayed for tonight, okay? So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray real quick. Father, I pray tonight that your word would not fall on the footpath, the stony ground, the thorny ground, or any other ground out there, Lord, that is not good ground. God, I pray tonight that every person that raised their hands, God, that you would strengthen them. You would help them. Lord, tonight as they go home, let there be a desire deep down inside of them to know your word. God, I pray this tonight, Lord, that you would strengthen us as a youth group. That we would love the presence of God. That we would love to hear your voice. To hear your word. And we want to grow. I pray that in Jesus' name.